Algeciras podcast. Hello, I'm Adrian Finnegan. This is the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze and help to define major global stories. Turkey says that it's more determined than ever to secure its southern border. The military has intensified airstrikes on Kurdish fighters in northern Syria and Iraq. So what's caused the latest escalation and who are the main players? This is Inside Story. So let's bring in our guests for today's discussion. From Oxford in the UK, we're joined by Galip Dalay, a non-resident senior fellow at the Middle East Council on Global Affairs. Here in Doha is uh, Mahjoub Zweri, director of the Gulf Studies Centre at Qatar University. And from Washington, D.C., we're joined by Lawrence Korb, a former U.S. Assistant Secretary of Defence and senior fellow at the Centre for American Progress. Gentlemen, a warm welcome uh, to you all. Uh, Galip, we'll start with you. What are Turkey's intentions in northern Syria. Is it going to launch a ground attack? Well, I think the Turkey's intention is precisely what uh, President Erdogan is, has been saying. Like, one thing about President Erdogan, usually he did what he said that he will do. Thus far, uh, his intention is clearly uh, to do another uh, military uh, operations. And uh, firstly, it will be an uh, airstrikes, but I think the intention is to undertake another military operations as well. So that has been the the goal for uh, quite uh, some times. But obviously, the regional and international politics will define the nature and then the depth of any uh, such operations, because the U.S. and uh, Russia are major players in the other side of the border. So therefore, like for any ground invasions, for, uh, for sorry, for any ground operations. Uh, the uh, for any ground operations, the U.S. and the Russian factors will uh, feature in heavily in uh, in the conversation. Okay, Mahjoub Zweri, if Turkey were to begin a ground offensive in northern Syria, would it be legal under international law? As you know, this is a, a conflict zone, um, and uh, basically, Turkey. Um, has indicated many times that um, the you know it, it will not allow any kind of threat to its stability, uh, regardless from where. Um, I think the issue here is not about international law will accept or not. It's about how country perceives what's happening. I think uh, Turkey is looking at what happened in Taksim uh, uh, area in Istanbul two weeks ago as 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 a, as a you know crossing the red line and. Uh, the basically the UPG uh, are uh, YPG sorry are responsible of that, and I think they try to uh, send a clear message that you know uh, this should not happen, and we will not allow this to happen again. Um, this happens, as you know, in in a in a context where the whole issue of Syria is being putting aside uh, because basically the most important players, and here I talk about Russia and 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 Iran. They have uh, different issues they are busy in, and Turkey does not want to be left alone with the crisis on their border. So they, I think the Turkish perception that the crisis is behind my uh, uh, my backyard and I cannot leave it without action. Lawrence Corb, how does Washington view what President Erdogan says or is threatening to do? Well, basically, we do not agree with President Erdogan that all of the Kurds are terrorists. Not everybody uh, in the YPG is part of the PKK. The YPG, who we're supporting to deal with ISIS, that's how we first got involved, 
when the <clears throat> Iraqis asked us to come back after ISIS almost threw the government after we had uh, with, uh, with, withdrawn. Uh, we also want to protect the rebels who are fighting against Assad. So we do not want to see Turkey have a ground invasion here. We want to keep our good relations because they're uh, a very, very productive uh, uh, voice for us in dealing with Putin over this horrible war in Ukraine. Gallup, does, does President Erdogan care what his ally, the U.S., thinks? Well, I think, I mean, uh, for sure, uh, I mean, it will care what the U.S. says, but in the end, the decision will be made in Ankara. Uh, obviously, there is a U.S. presence there that will turn into a major crisis, probably in the relationship if, uh, if and when another military operation takes place. Let's not forget that 2019, that created a major uh, storm in the U.S.-Turkish relationship. But at the end of the day, uh, the Ankara will probably make its decision based on its own consideration and based on its own uh, concerns. So, yes, what U.S. says uh, is a factor, what Russia says is a factor. Probably, I will say the Russian uh, factor is at this stage more important than the U.S. factors, given the geographical location uh, for which the Turkey is planning to undertake an operation. So, therefore, I would say that what Russia also cares is a major uh, factor. But I think that uh, the Turkey would be willing to have a major crisis in its relation with the U.S. Uh, if this is what it requires uh, for it to undertake that operation. We'll, we'll come to Russia and, and, and Iran, another actor in, on the ground in Syria in just a moment, and also um, Israel, which has an interest in, in what's going on. But, Lawrence, I mean, you, you, you wanted to come in there on, on that particular answer about whether President Erdogan particularly cares about what the U.S. thinks about what's going on in his own backyard. No, I don't think he does, because he has shown he can act independently of us. He bought Russian uh, air, de air defense uh, uh, missiles. Uh, and in the war between Azerbaijan, uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia, he didn't uh, care what we thought. No, I think he sees this as an existential threat, particularly after the November 13th bombing. Mahjoub Sawiri. Um, what about the timing? Lawrence mentioned the bombing. Is this purely to do with the bombing in Istanbul, or is there more to this? Does President Erdogan have one eye on his hopes for re-election next year? Is the president perhaps calculating that there's an opportunity here because his allies, his Western allies, are distracted at the moment by what's going on in Ukraine? It's, it's the trigger, the trigger. I mean, uh, if you look at it in a wider context, uh, you see that in recent months since February, uh, Turkey is playing a major role in a major conflict with what's happening in, in between Russia and Ukraine. And actually, Turkey is becoming the main um, access point to Russia, to the West, and actually the main communicator uh, between the West and, and, and um, uh, Russia. So I think... Uh, 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 Turkey is playing a major role now. And I think what happened in Taksim was triggering, was a trigger just to push uh, for action. Uh, for, for months now, in the recent, I think, 18 months, Turkey was not happy of what happened in north of, Sy north of Syria. And Turkey is planning, actually, to, to uh, send back uh, a number of, of, of uh, Syrian refugees to Syria. And they wanted to make sure that north of, uh, northern of Syria is stable, is secure. And I think if these kind of things will continue, I think it will be backfire on Turkey. They will not be able to go on 
on their plan to return some of the Syrians to their own home country. So there are two things you have to consider. One is the context, which basically what's happened in, when it comes to uh, Russia, Ukraine, and, and the role of Turkey, and also to what happened inside, inside Turkey, which related to returning Syrians and the future, the next year, and the election in Turkey, and what Rajat Tayyip Erdogan is looking for uh, benefiting from all those opportunities and redirect them in a way that it, the, he has he, he benefits from them at uh, the end. Yeah, okay, Gallup, is it, I mean, is it too cynical of me to, to, to say that, well, President Erdogan has an eye on re-election next year and it's, a, it's, it's a predicted to be a, 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 t a tight race? So, of course, you know, an operation on, on this scale uh, on the border with, uh, with Syria would, would do him good, wouldn't it, electorally? Well, an operation will uh, certainly will strengthen the nationalist uh, the nationalist feeling in the countries, and then the government is in coalition with the nation's action party. So, in this regard, yes, that will uh, that will uh, that will serve uh, that will be popular electorally. But I think if you look at the number of the previous operations, so I mean, 2018, 2019, uh, so the military operations took place. For and there was also quite a long time to election as well, too. But uh, yes, I mean, the operation of such uh, will probably, probably will serve also electorally the government well in the coming elections. Lawrence Cobb, what are the implications for, for the NATO alliance of this? Well, basically, we uh, also are concerned about Iran's role in here. We still haven't been able to get the uh, nuclear talks back on track. Iran announced that it's come close at a second site now to getting a, uh, a nuclear weapon. We're concerned about Russia, what, obviously, what they're doing in Ukraine. And basically, we uh, would like uh, them to, uh, you know, end this, uh, end this, hor end this hor horrible war. We're also concerned about stability in the, uh, <clears throat> in the government of, in Iraq uh, because of if this thing gets out of hand in northern Syria and the uh, ISIS is able to reconstitute itself because nobody's paying attention to them, that would obviously undermine the government of Iraq. So all of these things are interrelated. You've got Russia, you've got Turkey, you've got Syria. And uh, don't forget, you still have the Syrian civil war where Russia is working with Syria and Iran. Uh, to uh, keep the Assad in power. Makhjub Sawari, after Russia withdrew the bulk of its forces uh, from uh, Syria, Iran was the, the only pro-Assad country to have a, a, a significant military presence in, in Syria. Israel is concerned about that, as Lawrence was just telling us, uh, and it has continued to, to, to carry out air raids uh, in Syria. What are the implications of this a potential Turkish ground offensive in northern Syria then uh, for both Iran and for Israel? It's obvious the more the more these kind of operations continue, it means basically there is no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the future of Syria. Basically, a country, uh, country like Syria is becoming a fragile state, it's become the, really a failed, failed state, actually. Um, where where many players are are playing on the on the on the ground and none uh, none of them is actually the government of Syria. I mean today uh, a major general of Iran was killed uh, in in Damascus and and Iran is accusing Israel of that and this is a, this is a, added to a number of those Iranis who were killed in the last uh, five seven years 
uh, on, on Syria through the Israelis. So actually, there is there is an ongoing, uh, I would say, uh, confrontation or actually war between Iran and Israel uh, in Syria on the on the uh, in the land of Syria, basically. Uh, and that is a major, uh, I would say, a major conflict between both sides. Um, uh, I think Israeli never dreamed of, dream of it because uh, Iran has been basically on, on, on the border with Israelis. And that's, that's an issue happened, actually, because Russia did offer Israel uh, under Benjamin Netanyahu the green light to hit Iranians without any kind of regret. So basically, what's happening now is complicating the may complicate the relations between uh, uh, Russia and Iran, and Russia now in need for Iran on okay. one side. On the other side, it may improve the relation between Russia and, and Israel as Benjamin Netanyahu is becoming as a prime minister. All right, but Russia at the moment pretty distracted with the war in Ukraine, Machub. If, if, if Turkey did go into northern Syria, I mean, how, how would Russia react? Would it, it, would make, it would be very vocal about it, very disapproving, but I mean, there's very little it could do. Absolutely, they have nothing actually to stop it. I think they are. I think they are a statement already. They are not. They are not happy of this. But let's remember the point I have raised already. Uh, Russia wants uh, to have a good ties with, with with Turkey, especially at the moment where Turkey is securing a good communication line between uh, Russia and the West, especially uh, when it comes to the issue of energy. And they uh, they 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 hope that. This kind of line will keep, will, will continue as long as this conflict is going on. At least the, this is the minimum of the communication that Russia have with the international community. Caleb, uh, how does Syria um, and Iran and, and I suppose it, Iraq fit into to Turkey's worldview and, and its view of its own backyard? Do you see a situation in which there could be any sort of reset in relations, a rapprochement, if you like, between... Uh, Turkey and, and Syria? Well, I think uh, you uh, you ask a very important question. Right now, you see at the broader regional level, when it comes to Turkey's relation with the Gulf, Arab State and Israel, you see a, a reset and a de-escalation and no normalization to be the order of today. But when you come closer to home, uh, meaning Turkey's policy or Turkey's relation with uh, Syria, Iraq and and Iran, and also towards the regional Kurdish uh, geopolitics, the escalation is the order of the day. I mean, just look at the Iran. The number of crises, the geographic scope of uh, crises in Turkish-Iranian relations are expanding from the South Caucasus all the way to Syria, Iraq. The Iraq is the most active front in this confrontation between Turkey, Turkey and Iran. So therefore, in Iraq, you, you see a multiple crises playing out at the same time. One of them is the Turkey PKK dynamics. The another one is Turkish-Iranian competition taking place uh, in Iran. That has implication on the broader, uh, broader national politics in in Iraq, but also regional Kurdish politics. The same in Syria. So you have like on the one hand President Erdogan uh, talking about normalization with the Syrian regime, openness for a potential even meeting with the Syrian regimes. That also to to a large extent that is coming as a result of the. Putin pushing it, or Russia pushing it as well. Uh, as well, but on the other hand, we see the escalation dynamics in northern uh, northern Syria. I think this contrasting image will be the order of the day for some times. But I think the narrative, the new narrative of Turkey-Syria policy, will be normalization and de-escalation with the central government, while at the same time doubling down on two goals. One of them is trying to send back some of the Syrian refugees currently in Turkey back to Syria. 
and secondly to undermine and uh, and uh, pu uh, and push back as much as the Kurdish autonomy project in Syria. I Lawrence, think that's the uh, okay. that's the uh, goal. Lawrence Corb, as you were telling us, the U.S. not at all happy at the prospect of a Turkish uh, ground offensive in northern Syria, not least because uh, there are U.S. forces operating on on the ground there. Um, uh, how would the U.S. pressure President Erdogan then not to go ahead with? his plans, uh, would it be done through diplomatic channels or, given that Turkey's economy is, is still in a, in a bit of a mess right now, I mean, could it uh, uh, introduce sanctions, do you think, against Turkey? Well, I think it could use everything that it has short of military force because it does not want to see a Turkish invasion of, uh, of, of Syria because that would create all kinds of of problems. It could lead to a war between Iran and, and Syria. Obviously, the Israelis would uh, get involved. The United States made a decision under the Obama administration not to get involved in Syria's civil war. But if Turkey goes ahead and invades there, it's going to be very hard for us to stay out of it. And as you mentioned, we've already got American troops there. They're not getting involved in the civil war. They're still trying to deal with ISIS and the, and the threats uh, uh, to uh, to Iraq. And as I mentioned before, we're hoping that Turkey can play a constructive role in getting negotiations going over the Ukrainian uh, civil war. Remember, in July, even at the height of the Ukrainian war, basically uh, Russia in Moscow had the, had the Turks and the Syrians together to try and come up with some sort of solution. But their position is weakened because of what's happening in Ukraine. And Lawrence, a very brief answer here, if you, if you would. As we said earlier, the SDF, an alliance of local Syrian opposition fighters founded by the U.S. Does, does the U.S. Have, have any sympathy at all with Turkey over the fact that, it, that it's not happy with the SDF? Does it understand its beef? Well, I think it does. It understands the, the problem, as my colleague pointed out, with the Syrian uh, refugees, and that some parts of uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, forces, the YPG and the, uh, the PKK, have done some terrible things to Turkey. But by and large, the ones we're working with are not responsible for that. Their main goal is to protect the Kurds in, in, uh, in, in Iraq, not to go into Turkey. And Turkey lumps all of them together. And the PKK is not the same as the, the, the YPG. They have different goals, different uh, tactics that they use and different uh, standards. Uh, Makhjou Zwery, I have a feeling this is going to be the, 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 the last question here. You've got about uh, a minute and a half to, to, to answer uh, here. Um, one thing we haven't discussed, of course, is that these aren't empty tracts of land we're talking about here, um, with no one there but yes. fighters. I mean, people live in, in this area. And if there's a military offensive going on, despite all of the other things that are happening in that particular uh, part of the world, people, once again, are going to suffer and are going to be displaced. Where are they going to go? Who's going to look after them? I mean, that's an, 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 a human side of any, this, any, any conflict. My, my, my expectation that uh, Turkey, Turkish government is very sensitive to their image and the President Erdogan, his government. So I think what is being done so far is a message that they are determined to do things. I think I'm not sure they have interest to escalate to have any kind of operation which may affect their image. I think they want to show the Turkish people that they are determined, they are decisive, they will not allow 
people to uh, uh, influence or affect or, or threaten their security. However, also they are, um, uh, I think, worried, they will be worried if any kind of action uh, will lead to a, a bad impact on their image. That makes me feeling feel that uh, any kind of operation, it will it may uh, target, it will may attack specific targets, try to avoid uh, a mass impact. Um, uh, and also keep it open. Keep it open. I mean that there is no time limit for that. They may attack today. They make stop for one week and then target, um, you know, another attack. So it will not be systematic in one time in one period. Okay, gentlemen. There we we have to end it. The news is next, and as we know, the news waits for no one. Uh, many thanks indeed uh, for being with us. Uh, our guests, Galip Dale, Mahjoub Zwery, and Lawrence Korb. And that's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Shabina Khan, Usama Alani, Isabel Mazeva, and Gemma Harry. Studio sound was by Deepak Pushkaran. The program was edited by Manish Mathai, Linnan Gayan, and Joda Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Thursday. Thursday.